0: welcome back to the rock your retirement show I'm your host Kathy Klein and today we are continuing our retirement story with Betsy I think the last time we talked was just
1: before I uh, retired and uh, so I, I had my good uh, last days of work um, right at the beginning of March and I uh, it felt good to really kind of like wrap up all of my work and uh, leave everything in good shape with well documented information about where everything was and that sort of stuff, so I could leave on a on a note of, you know, feeling good and positive and proud about the the work that I had done there. But my coworkers gave me a nice send off. Um, they had a nice lunch event in the office. And I got some uh, uh, travel-related gifts like a travel pillow and a, a luggage tag that has a, a phone charger on it and okay. uh, a water bottle and a little travel journal, things like that. So it was very, very nice of them to do that. They also had a happy hour for me my very last day. And my husband came downtown to join the fun of the happy hour, which was really nice. I think the only thing my my friend uh, didn't do was climb up to the very top of the sand dunes, which I did that in
0: the Sahara. I did a quick Google search to see what it might cost to go to Morocco, and I was very surprised. This could be an affordable trip if you wanted to go. Currently, you can get flights from the East Coast for under $2,000. And as far as hotels, well, that's all over the place. I saw hotels for as little as $47 per night. But if you want to stay at the Sofitel Marrakesh Lounge and Spa, it will set you back at $556 per night. Also, it appears as though it's fairly safe aside from the petty theft that you'll get in any large city. So if you've considered going to Morocco, perhaps you could go and climb to the top of the sand dunes like Betsy did. As far as being the youngest on the trip, that actually might be a benefit if you are open to intergenerational discussions. It
1: was different, but I have to say I was very, very impressed with some of these fit, well-traveled. Older people, you know, I really hope I can be like that. There was one woman on our trip who was 85. She'd gone on 15 trips with this tour company. And believe it or not, after Morocco, she was going to go on to Turkey for another two weeks with the tour company. I asked some of the older people that were on the tour what their advice was for retirement because some of them had been retired for quite some time. And they said, you know, just ease into
0: it. Don't try to take on too many things at one time. It's a reminder that age is just a number and that we should continue to pursue our passions and explore the world around us, no matter our age. And as far as travel goes, you may find it more appealing to go with a group when you travel because it can have some amazing benefits that you don't get when you make up the tour on your own. I was really impressed with
1: how we were able to do some things that the average tourist doesn't do. Like we went into these like nomad camps in the Sahara and saw how the nomads live. They invited us into their tents and we had tea with them. Um, So, you know, there were some experiences like that. We also went to a hammam, a, a public hammam, which is like a, a Moroccan bath type of thing. Um, it's a it's something that the Moroccan people do like about once a week. They go to these uh, like public baths where it's kind of a big giant steam room with buckets. And then there's ladies that come around and, and scrub you. And the men and the women are separated in these uh, hammams. Uh, but I, yeah, my skin was like, Thoroughly scrubbed, like every bit of dead skin came off of me. It felt really good. I I I want to find something like that to do here.
0: Betsy's experience in Morocco is a reminder of the rich cultural history and traditions of the country. Morocco has a long and diverse history that Berber, Arab, and European influences over the centuries have shaped. The country is known for its beautiful architecture, colorful markets and delicious cuisine. The Hammam, or public bath, is a public tradition in Morocco that dates back centuries. These communal baths were once an important social gathering place for both men and women. Today, they continue to be an important part of Moroccan culture, offering a chance for people to relax and socialize while enjoying a refreshing scrub and steam. Similarly, the nomadic lifestyle of the Berber people has been an important part of Moroccan culture for centuries. Betsy's experience of visiting a nomad camp in the Sahara and having tea with them offers a unique insight into their traditional way of life.
1: So yeah, overall the, the trip was fantastic. Um, The food was very good. You do have to be somebody who likes olives, and lamb if you want to go to Morocco. I, I, think I, I think I ate a good like 10 olives
0: at every meal, probably. <laughs> Moroccan cuisine is known for its vibrant colors, bold flavors, and unique cooking techniques. The use of spices such as cumin, cinnamon, and turmeric is common in Moroccan dishes, as well as the use of preserved lemons and olives. Betsy mentioned a lamb meal that she had in Marrakesh where the lamb was cooked in a hole in the ground. This cooking technique is known as mechawi. I hope I'm pronouncing that right and is a traditional way of cooking lamb in Morocco. The lamb is seasoned with a blend of spices and slow roasted in the ground, resulting in tender and flavorful meat. Overall, trying local cuisine is a great way to experience the culture of a new place. It allows you to taste the flavors and ingredients that are unique to the region. They have a beautiful, colorful assortment of all three
1: colors of green, black, green, black, and like the kind of pinkish purple ones uh, that get put on the tables at the meals. One of the lamb meals that we had was... It was in Marrakesh, which is an absolutely crazy place to visit with just so much happening in this big square. There's snake charmers and things like that there. and uh, But we went to this lamb restaurant there where they cooked the lamb in this hole in the ground right beside the restaurant. So that was fascinating. It was, it was, it was good food and very authentic. Yeah, you could go beside the restaurant and look in the pit, in the ground, but then when they brought the food out, it was just on your plate, like just a big pile of lamb. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Food is part of the culture in areas around the world. There are other cultural aspects of traveling as well. Bargaining is common in many parts of the world, including Morocco. While it may seem intimidating at first it can be a fun and rewarding experience. Betsy shares her experience of this immersive activity. And I, I also enjoyed actually the the bargaining with the shopkeepers.
1: It's like kind of a, a unique experience to buy something. I, I bought a pair of earrings in, in Marrakesh and I was kind of just wandering around the shops on my own that day. And so I went to this shop and and. I was the only one in there. And the uh, the shopkeeper said, you know, I'm not pushy like some of the other shopkeepers. He spoke pretty good English. And he said, just take your time and look at everything. And so then I found a pair of earrings that I liked. And then he set a price that was kind of ridiculously high. And then I said kind of a ridiculously low price. And then we went back and forth several times. And then like, we were both happy with the final price and then he asked me if I wanted a cup of tea after I we arrived on a price and I bought the earrings and I sat there and enjoyed a cup of tea with him and he told me more about his life in Morocco and his family and so it was really interesting
0: but traveling can also have its challenges as Betsy explains the life of nomads in Morocco is not an easy one they live in tent structures in the middle of the desert and have to constantly seek out places for their goats to graze. Then, when the area dries up, they have to pack up and move to another location. There are no modern conveniences that we're used to. When you immerse yourself in the culture of where you're traveling, you get a better idea of what life is like for the people who live there. So,
1: it's like out in the middle of the desert and And they live in these uh, little tent structures. And then uh, they have their goats are nearby in kind of a little pen. And pretty much every day, they have to be constantly seeking out places to take their goats uh, to graze. Then all the area around them kind of dries up and there's no place within several miles for their goats to graze then they have to like pack up their whole camp and move to another place i don't know it just it seems like a hard life and they're they're cooking in a little like brick type of an an oven making making bread there and you know just not any of the modern conveniences that Uh, Some English, and then our guide was able to translate also because our our guide spoke both uh, Arabic and uh, Berber, which is the language of of the native people of the area. It was interesting hearing the call to prayer every day, like five times a day, and learning more about uh, the Muslim religion, which is, is practiced there. I don't know if it was really a surprise. I guess it was a pleasant surprise at just how friendly all of the people were and all of like the the kids especially were like, they were wanting to practice their English with Americans. And there were some kids that were kind of like dancing around when we walked up and they were just really cute. And I don't know. The people seemed very happy. Everyone we met seemed maybe they just know to like count their blessings a little bit more and take time to be grateful for what they have and to smell the roses than people who might have more. A a really good book that I read a while back was called The Geography of Bliss. I don't know if you've read that, but it's it's about this man who travels all around the world into uh, different countries to learn like where the happiest people are. And it, yeah, it's really an interesting book.
0: The book Bensi mentioned is called the geography of bliss. It is a book written by Eric Weiner, where he travels to different countries around the world in search of the happiest place on earth. It's currently listed on Amazon for about ten dollars. Ah, I recommend
1: going to Morocco if if it's not on your list yet, maybe consider adding it, especially if you like to eat olives. Um it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful country. And with really friendly people and there's like a lot of variety in what you see there from the Sahara Desert to the Atlas Mountains um, to the fascinating uh, cities. I like got on, on the beach. Yeah, there is a, a camel sitting there and a surfboard like right next to the camel. It's kind of funny. They did have camel rides on the beach. <laughs> Yeah, you could could take a camel ride on the beach if
0: you wanted to. For many of us, we need a vacation after our vacation. (laughs) Traveling can be either a leisurely activity where you're just hanging out by the pool, or you can have a jam-packed schedule. For myself, I usually leave at least one day of what I call buffer days so that I can get back into the swing of things when I return home.
1: So uh, when I got back, I spent some time really just kind of relaxing, catching up on my sleep. So yeah, so then I did just need a little bit of time just to like get feeling better again. And now I feel like I am starting to get into a little more of what day-to-day retirement could look like. <laughs> just relax for a little while longer and just just enjoy getting out and going for walks and things like that. I signed up for a water exercise class. I used to take a water exercise class that was in the evenings, but now I decided to try the water class that's in the middle of the afternoon on Tuesdays. And it's actually free if you're over 60, which I, I have had my 60th birthday. So I am over 60 now. Um, so that's something for people who are retired, who live in, in uh, bigger cities to consider, like looking into their park districts, because there's a lot of great classes offered through park districts um, that you can take that are, are free for 60 and over. Um, so I'm looking forward to taking advantage of, of that.
0: One good thing about retiring is that you can take classes in the middle of the day. You don't have to get up early to take an exercise class before work. There are many places you can look for classes like these. Start by talking to your local gym. Some Medicare plans offer free gym memberships through Silver Sneakers, Silver & Fit, and others. You can also check with your local senior center. In addition to fitness classes, you might find an art class or a music class that you like. And, of course, don't forget to check OLLI if you are in a city with a university. We've discussed OLLI before, but for our listeners, OLLI stands for Osher Lifelong Learning Institute. They offer free or highly discounted short programs. For example, I'm taking a two-hour class on collage next month, and the cost is only $10. So whether you're just starting out in retirement, or you've been retired for some time, take a page from Betsy's book and explore what your community has to offer. Who knows, you might just discover your new passion or hobby, and it can bring joy and fulfillment to your golden years. We're so glad that you joined us again today. We'll see you next time on the Rock Your Retirement Show. Bye.